Okay, so today we are going to be do, looking at our hearts. We're going to be talking about our hearts and the importance of looking at the state of our hearts. Now, King's Kids, I know you're not going out today, so I've got a little something for you to think about. There's going to be some pictures like this one going up on the screen. And I want you to see how many of the pictures you remember. So keep an eye out on the screen. There's going to be pictures of different things. If you've got a a bit of paper and a pencil or a crayon or something, you could always draw a little picture, your own version of the pictures or write them down. See how many you can remember. And then if you're really wanting a challenge, I want you to decide which is your favorite picture that you see and why. Okay, and afterwards, after this meeting's finished, you can come and tell me about which picture you really liked and why. Okay, so that's just something for adults you can join in as well if you want to, but King's Kids, I thought you might enjoy something like that. So looking out for the pictures, see how many you can remember, and then particularly if you want that extra challenge, which is your favourite and why? Okay, so as I said, we're going to be talking about hearts today. Now, I am no medical expert. Uh, this was despite a brief stint during secondary school when I thought I should train to be a doctor. Um, this plan was very short-lived when I realised just how squeamish I am. I really don't like the sight of blood or injuries. Programmes like Casualty, anything like that, I really find difficult to see. Um, in fact, when I moved into a career that was much more suited to my gift set and my makeup that God has wired me with when I was teaching, if there was ever a child injured at school, I would always look around to see what other adult was available to help deal with the situation rather than me. I remember vividly one lunchtime coming back out of the staff room towards my classroom and one of my classes running towards me, his bleeding nose, his gushing blood, kind of, and I was like, um, um, okay, I am the only one here, I've got to get on with it. So I'm not, I'm not a medical expert. God has not wired me to be that way. But I do know that our hearts are vital. Our hearts are vital. Our hearts affect every part of our body. It ensures oxygen gets to every single part by pumping the blood around with the oxygen so that every part works properly. Here's some facts that I've discovered about our human hearts, our physical hearts our hearts are the size of our, about the size of our two hands glassed together, okay? So that's about how big our hearts are. And they only weigh, each heart only weighs about 300 grams. So not very much compared to the whole weight of ourselves. Secondly, another fact about our hearts. Our hearts beat about 100,000 times a day. That's a lot of times, isn't it? About 100,000 times a day. Ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. And each time it does that, every single beat, it pumps about four tablespoons of blood every time it does that. So next time you're measuring out something for cooking or baking, you can think, oh, okay, every heartbeat does about four of those. And here's an incredible statistic, an incredible fact. It pumps our blood about 6,000 miles of blood vessels. 60,000, can't even read my maths here. 60,000 miles. So our hearts are truly incredible and they are vital to the well-being of our physical body. They are essential to our survival, which is why 
It's important we do all we can to keep them healthy with eating the right things and exercising and avoiding certain things that would damage them. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about our hearts. Not about our physical hearts, but about our spiritual hearts, the center of who we are. Everything in us, everything about us in our hearts, spiritually, affects the way we feel, the way we act, the way we say things. Everything we choose comes from the state of our heart. So as we're going to see today, it's so important that we keep our spiritual hearts healthy. Proverbs 4, verse 23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So this morning we're going to consider why. Why do we need to do this? Secondly, from what? What are we guarding our hearts from? And thirdly, how do we do that? So first of all, why? Why do we need to guard our hearts? Well, as it says in that proverb, everything we do flows from it. Just like our physical hearts affect our whole body, our spiritual hearts affect everything we do. It affects us personally. Proverbs 14.30 says, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Proverbs 15 verse 13 says, a happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. So the state of our spiritual hearts affects us but it also affects those of, around us. Jesus said when he was teaching the disciples in Luke 6, verse 45, he says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Proverbs 21 verse 1 says, In the Lord's hands, the king's heart is a stream of water that he channels to all who please him. Isn't that a wonderful image? God, his desire is to channel from our hearts streams towards those around us that would bless them. The trouble is, if we're hurting, we tend to hurt other people. There's a phrase I heard, and some of you may have done as well, hurt people, hurt people. But free people, free people. Our calling is to be a blessing to those around us. We're blessed to be a blessing. We need to deal with the hurts that build up in our lives, otherwise we will end up hurting others. Whereas if we walk in freedom that God has called us to, we can help others do the same. So why do we need to guard our hearts? Because everything we do flows from it. But also we need to guard our hearts because the state of our heart matters to God. Like our physical hearts, our spiritual hearts, our desires, our motives, they're hidden, unseen by everyone. No one knows exactly what motivates you other than yourself and God. 
He knows exactly what's going on. 1 Samuel 16 verse 7 tells us, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He wants our hearts to be soft and pure, full of love and care and compassion, rooted and established in his love. What does he see when he looks at your heart? Does he see one that is moldable and open, trusting in him, full of love for him and for others? So why should we guard our hearts? One, because everything we do flows from it. And two, because the state of our heart matters to God. He is our loving father and he wants our hearts to be pure and holy and loving. Secondly, Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart. But what is it we're guarding from? Well, I guess one of the things that might come to mind is that we need to guard it from sin. We need to guard it because sin taints our hearts. It's like if you could see the state of your heart when, when you and I sin, it taints it. And God wants it to be pure. We need to guard it from what we've referred to in the past as rocks of the heart, those things that come in. You know, they creep in, so often unnoticed if we don't stop and think about it. They creep in. Self-sufficiency, disappointment, judgment, apathy, unbelief. These are some of the things we considered a few years ago as a church when we did a series on rocks of the heart. They're still available on our website if you want to check them out. You look for, it was in July 2018. Proverbs 13 verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. There's certainly been a lot of hope deferred in the last 18 months. I think many of us are feeling it individually. We're feeling it as a nation. Things have been put on hold and it makes the heart sick. And the trouble is if we don't deal with these things, then they tend to build up and they have an impact on us. Because as we said, the state of our heart affects everything. Maybe it's hurts. You know, people might have hurt us. And if we don't deal with it, we hold on to that unforgiveness. It leads to bitterness. We put our walls up and we recoil. Maybe you're aware of doing that yourself. You've been hurt by people and you've kind of recoiled. I'm not going to engage with them anymore. And I'm going to hold on. I'm not going to let this go because they hurt me. Well, that affects the state of our heart. Maybe it's just the impact of the world that we live in. The world has a very different view on life. It's not a Christian worldview that we live in, in this society. It's interesting, Kezia was, uh, has just started doing um, psychology A-level and she came home the other day talking about how they were reflecting on what's normal and abnormal in our society. And, and what's considered to be that, and how things might have changed. And one of the questions they had to think about was, what was considered normal when her grandmother was young 
compared to what she now sees as normal. And it was thing, obviously as things like technology was very different then. But it was this attitudes are changing. And so the world can impact us. And the different worldview, it can impact the state of our heart. When we see some of the stuff on the news, one of the things it can do if we don't deal with things right is it can shrink our hearts. It can harden them. We can be tempted to withdraw or alternatively maybe lash out. Maybe that's a reaction you're familiar with. And another area I think we need to guard our hearts is from the lies of the enemy. You know, we have an enemy, Satan. He does not want us to be fruitful. He does not want us to thrive. He comes to steal and he feeds lies and he brings up things and we tend to accept them if we're not careful. You know, maybe you've said it. Maybe you've heard yourself thinking, I'm not good enough. Or no one loves me. Or I could never be dot, 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 fill in the blank. You know, we learn to live by these, but they're just not true. Our Heavenly Father says, you are dearly loved. You are chosen and accepted. You belong. You're the apple of my eye. I delight in you. These are the things Father God says about us. But if we're not careful to guard our hearts, we will accept the lies of the enemy instead and live by them. And they will then work out in everything we do. So we need to be careful to guard our hearts from a range of different things. So thirdly, how do we actually do that? How do we guard our hearts? Clearly, it's an important thing to do. We need to make it a priority. Those first three words of Proverbs 4.23 say, above all else. It's not something we should sort of be very apathetic about or just kind of casual about. This needs to be something of high priority. That's what that proverb is saying. Above all else, above everything else you do, guard your heart. So we should make do it as a priority, an active thing. It needs taking action. Just like with a physical heart, we have to make sure we do things to keep it healthy with our well-balanced diet, with exercise, making sure we avoid things that would damage it. There's a range of things we can do to help our spiritual hearts, to make sure they stay healthy. So first of all, shields up and red alert. I'm a bit of a Star Trek fan. Here's one of my personal heroes, Captain Picard. And a great example of a leader. But frequently on Star Trek episodes they encounter something that is going to be quite worrying, whether it's some aggressive uh, alien or whether it's uh, a big comet hurtling towards them or something, and the captain will declare, shields up, red alert, be prepared, something incoming is about to happen. And actually, what you see is even when they're not saying that, the crew are constantly on alert, looking out. They've got sensors detecting what trouble there might be. Now, okay, that's fictitious stuff. But at the idea of being that alertness, ready for what might come. When I think of guarding our hearts, one of the things that comes to mind is what Paul picks up on in Ephesians. He talks about the armour of God. 
And again, it's a reference to something that was very obvious when Paul was writing it. The Roman army were a very visible presence and they were regimented. They didn't just kind of waltz on up to a battle kind of in whatever happened to be lying around. They took time to be prepared. They put on everything they had so they could be defended and ready on the offence as well. And Paul highlights this in Ephesians, talking to the church. He says, Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 17, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That's important. First of all, he's reminding them it's in Christ, in God, that we can do these things, not in our own strength. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. There's an active shield up, if you like. Get ready. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be ready to stand your ground. I think this is the sort of stuff that they're talking about in Proverbs when they say, guard your hearts. We need to be ready, shields up, alert. Protecting what could come and taint and damage and harden and shrink our hearts. And it might look differently for different ones of us. You know, it may mean that we need to avoid certain places. There might be certain places that prove a temptation to you. And you know if you go to past that particular shop or you go on that particular website, it's going to cause you to do things that could taint your heart. Avoid those places. Maybe it's certain people you know that are not a great influence on you. Now, it's important to note here, God doesn't want us to withdraw from the world and have no interaction. We are called to be in the world, to be salt and light. But we still need to be careful that we're not led down certain routes that would be unhelpful. It's about training our mind to recognise those lies that come in that I mentioned earlier. And instead, immersing ourselves in God's word. This is all part of shields up, red alert. It's being ready so that we can wield the sword of truth as that bit in Ephesians goes on to talk about. The sword of the spirit is God's word. But if we don't know it, how can we possibly use it? So it's important to take time to read our Bibles, to study them, to pray. Because that is about protecting our hearts. And remember, above all else, We need to guard our hearts. So shields up, red alert. Secondly, we need to deal with stuff. There is stuff that comes in that can taint. It can almost come in the back door. We mustn't be like an ostrich. Now, for those of you who don't know that phrase, I don't know whether it translates into other languages, but in English, we have this idea of not being an ostrich. Ostriches, apparently, I don't even know whether this is true, put their heads in the sand. And the idea is, if you're being like an ostrich, it means you're ignoring things around you, things that need to be dealt with, but you kind of think, well, if I don't look at it, if I don't acknowledge it, it'll just go away. Well, if we're going to guard our hearts, we do need to face up to stuff that might come in and cause damage. We need to deal with things. Hebrews 12, 1, a verse many of you probably will know, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Again, there's no casualness about this. There's an active, throw it off. 
We need to deal with any sin that is in our lives. We can't just ignore it. Don't let it settle in your hearts because it will taint your heart. Throw off the sin that so easily entangles. And when we do, God is our loving Father who forgives us and brings freedom. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we know we have sins in our, sins that, in our lives that we need to deal with, deal with it. Don't put your head in the sand. Bring it before our loving Father and say, Lord, I'm sorry for doing this or not doing that. Forgive me and he will wash us clean. As it says in Hebrews 10, 22, let us draw near to God with sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. So deal with sin. Deal with any rocks in our hearts as well, that disappointment, unbelief, apathy. Address them. Everything that hinders us, it says there in Hebrews 12. These rocks in our heart, they don't just disappear unless we bring them for God, before God and deal with them. Actually, what they tend to do is they will build up and build up. You know, we can be tempted to brush the dirt underneath the carpet. I know for me, disappointment is something I have had to deal with and continually. It's, it's one of those things that comes back when I get knocked and the temptation is just to push it under the carpet Oh, I'll deal with that when I've got time or I can't face it now. But the trouble is you just end up with this huge mound that you fall over. We need to deal with the rocks in our heart. How else can we guard our heart? So we need shields up, red alert. We need to be dealing with stuff and not ignoring it. We need to stick around our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to stick around other Christians not to disappear or hide away. And yet it's so easy to do, isn't it? We need to stick around others because that's where we have protection. You know, you think about wild animals like deer or antelope. They stick in a herd for the protection. The moment one goes off on their own, they're so much more easily picked off by a predator. And remember, we have an enemy who doesn't want us to succeed. So when we're feeling hurt, when we're feeling that our hearts have been tempted, attainted in some way, don't withdraw out of guilt or out of pain, but come in amongst other brothers and sisters in Christ and know the support and the prayer. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. We need others and they need us. Fourth way we can guard our hearts. Thankfully, God doesn't just leave us to human effort to guard our hearts. We can go to our Father. We can go to God. And I think this is the biggest way we can guard our hearts. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
What a wonderful promise. If you don't know those verses, look them up. Put them on your fridge. Write them on a post-it note by your mirror. Memorize it. Learn it. It's great truth to live by. God's saying, don't be anxious. Don't let things weigh your heart down. Bring them to him. And the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding, even if the situation is the most stressful situation, God can bring peace and it will guard your hearts and your minds. He is the great physician. He is the ultimate heart surgeon. I recommend having regular checkups with Father God. You know, physically, it's good to have regular health checks with medical professionals. Especially good to check on the state of our physical hearts if our family history, if there's a family history of heart problems, heart disease and so forth. It's good to have that. Well, I would argue we all have a family history of spiritual heart problems. So we need to have those regular checkups with Father God to come before him and say, help me. Will you examine my heart? Show me what is in here that needs to be dealt with. That's what God's inviting us to do today. We can come before him and say, examine my heart. What is it like? How does it need to be different? What do I need to deal with? And we can be honest with him as well. He's not going to be shocked. He's not going to be scared. He's not going to go into a panic over things you might express because he knows it anyway. But it's out of his love for you. He wants you to talk to him. And we can be really honest. If you're not sure that you can be honest, check out the Psalms. They don't hold back. Psalm 25, 16 to 18 says, Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. Look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. That's raw, isn't it? That's raw. We can pray like that and we can even use the words like that if we're struggling to know how to articulate. Psalm 109, 21 to 22, another example. Sovereign Lord, help me for your name's sake. Out of the goodness of your love, deliver me, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. There's a song that we sometimes sing called Run to the Father by Cody Carnes. Some of the words from that say, I run to the Father, I fall into grace, I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait, my heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend, so I'll run to the Father again and again. We don't need to think, well, I, only went, I went to God yesterday about something in my life. That, that's surely done now. No, we can keep coming back to him. He's not going to go, oh, not you again. He'll say, what is it, my child? What can I do for you today? The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's what it says in Psalm 34, verse 18. Psalm 147, verse 3 goes on to say, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. As I said, He's the master heart surgeon. 
He is able to get in and deal with the tiniest of details that could have a crippling effect on us. Romans 5, 5, listen to this, this is wonderful. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I love that. His love has been poured out into our hearts. Is your heart feeling like it's been shrunk and hardened because of things going on around you, things going on for you? Well, Romans 5, 5 there says he will pour out his love. It's like, almost like a blood transfusion that to enlarge our hearts again. He real, refills our hearts, tops it up. If only we'll let him come to the Father. There's such an ocean of love for us. I came across this great quote from Terry Virgo that he put on Facebook, I think a week or so ago. It says, Paul spoke of the height, depth, length and breadth of Christ's love. There are oceans to swim in. Don't be content with a cupful. Come to the Father. Let him pour his love into your heart, the oceans of love that are there for us. He's not one that's stingy with his measures. How shriveled does your heart feel right now? The good news is he can pour out his love and there's not going to be a running out of that love. He will keep filling you if you allow him to. And there is hope because God does not leave us or forsake us. For me, these last 18 months I've found really hard, as I'm sure many of you have. There's been all sorts of things that have happened that have knocked me. And I became, I've become aware that my heart needed attention. Things have crept in. Disappointment, lies. And I was aware that my heart was getting darkened and hardened and even shrunk. And I needed to take action. So I'm standing here this morning not saying this is all theory, but I've been living this sort of stuff. Shields up. I had to make a conscious decision to put my shields up, to immerse myself in God's word and in his truth, to enjoy his creation, going out for walks and and looking around and standing in awe and wonder of what God has done. A book that I've literally just finished reading that I found really helpful is Andrew Wilson's latest one, God of All Things. Thoroughly recommend it. Really easy read. He just takes everyday items and applies, what does God say through those, those things? Things as simple as clothes, or as amazing as the sun. What does it say about Father God? What does the Bible say? It's helped me to immerse myself in God's word and to build that link in, focusing on truth and throwing out the lies. So I've had to put shields up as a conscious decision, and it's not always easy when you're feeling worn down and worn out. But that's what God calls us to because he knows it will do us good. And I know it's been doing me good. I've had to deal with stuff. Not just brush it under the carpet, not just put my head in the sand, but face up to it. To cry out to God about it. To get support of others around me. Liz has been an incredible help through this time, as have some really good friends of mine. Just helping me through, praying through things. And going to God over and over 
again. As I'm aware of something coming in, I'm not going to allow it to settle. Take it to God. Being honest with him. Psalm 13, verse 2. Oh, in fact, Psalm 13 is a psalm that I have been coming back to over and over again. It's only six verses, but what a lot happens in those six verses. Verse 2 says, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? This is the sort of thing I've been saying to God in those dark moments as I'm aware my heart is being hit. How long, God? But like the psalmist, I am choosing to say, as they did in verse 5, I will trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. Church is an ongoing process. It's ongoing. We have to keep our guards up because everything we do flows from it. Let's ensure our hearts are in a good state. Robin and the band, I wonder if you can come up, please. God binds up our hearts and he calls us to do that for others. Isaiah 61 verse 1 says, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for captives and release from darkness to the prisoners. That is our call, church. We're called to declare freedom for the captives and to bind up the brokenhearted. But in order to be able to do that, we need to make sure we've allowed God to bind up our hearts. Otherwise, as I said, hurt people will hurt people. We'll end up hurting people. But if we walk in the freedom that God has called us to, we can free other people. We can do that today for each other. We can do it for those we meet during the week. Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. We can help cheer others up. Isn't that great news? We can play a role in people's lives, even today. Even before you leave today, you can cheer someone up. You can be on the alert this week for people you see who are feeling anxious and looking weighed down. You can cheer them up with a kind word and bring God's blessing. But we need to make sure our hearts are in a good place. How is your heart today? Are you aware of any symptoms that your heart needs attention? You know, in the physical When hearts aren't working, you start to feel it in different parts of the body. Are you aware of any symptoms in your life that your spiritual heart needs attention? Perhaps you're aware of bitterness, of that unresolved hurt. Maybe it's lack of compassion for others. You used to be really compassionate and you felt just a a coldness towards others. Withdrawing from, or maybe lashing out to other people. Maybe it's a lukewarmness to God. Maybe the tainting of your heart is leaving you cold towards him. Well, let's take action, church. Let's take action to keep our hearts healthy. What helpful practices might you need to put in place to ensure your shields are up? Do you need to repent of any sin to deal with it? Don't just put your head in the sand, but to deal with it. Do you need to chat over anything with a leader or a trusted Christian friend? Do you need to spend time with the Father, with the great physician, for a checkup or for some much needed heart work?
have his love poured into your heart afresh, to allow him to heal your broken heart, to massage, to enlarge, and to soften it. We're just going to spend a few minutes. It's an opportunity now for you just to stop and think about the state of your heart. What's Father God saying to you this morning? What do you need to do to guard your heart going forward? Are there practices you need to put in place? Are there things you need to deal with and address? Is it about soaking in God's presence? Maybe it's a mixture of some of these things.